the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is the antidote where Christian music doesn't suck. Many of the guests who come on the antidote share really personal details about their lives, but none have given as much of themselves as Luke Dean of Vagabonds. 
Luke's just out of his teens and has recently signed to Blood and Ink Records for his debut release, I Don't Know What to Do Now. It has this lo-fi style which fits with the content of the album, as Luke gives out all of the strife and difficulties of his personal struggles. And this album is sad. That comes through on our opening song, A Self-Fulfilling Prophecy, with its story of loss. But even with that sadness, the album is interesting because it still has a glimpse of positivity. Now, I should give a warning that Vagabonds uses a few words in the lyrics that some people may find crude, but it does have its place in the music. My talk with Luke of Vagabonds begins after Ambulance, I Am Nothing, from I Don't Know What to Do Now.
The Antidote meets Luke Dean, the sole member of Vagabonds. Good to have you here, Luke. Hey, it's great to be here with you. Thank you. Do you really enjoy being the one and only band member? Yeah, I do. I, I waver back and forth sometimes between whether or not I would want other members, because along the way there have been uh, a couple other members, um, be it fill-ins or, uh, or like semi-permanent members. But yeah, it, it really does make a lot of things a lot more convenient. There's, there's definitely trade-offs too. Like, there's more weight on you and more pressure on you. And uh, there's something about if, if you have a, a team with you, then if you fail, you fail together. And if you win, you win together. Where there's sometimes more pressure being the only member. But really, it does make a lot of things easier from booking tours to um, the artistic side of it. I don't really have to have much give. I can kind of do whatever I want with it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do enjoy being the only member. Is that really the truth, or is it just that you actually have difficulty playing with others? <laughs> no, well, see, I actually play in other bands. I don't know. I like playing in a band a whole lot. There's just a lot of details that come into play that I don't necessarily like dealing with on this level of touring so frequently. Mm -hmm. um, so I play in uh, another band. I play bass in. Uh, it's called Valedictorian. It sounds kind of like Mineral. Um, and that's really fun just because it's two of my best friends and we get to sit down and just write fun, loud songs. And then I, I play in a, a hardcore band locally as well, just for the sake of playing loud music. So I definitely do like playing in a band format, but for this project specifically, uh, at least right now, it works better as a solo thing. Maybe somewhere along the way I'll, I'll add another friend or, or two and I'm, I'm very open to collaboration. But as far as the direction's concerned, I, I usually have like a pretty clear vision of what I want out of it and not having other people to kind of compromise with makes it easier to fit into my life. Well, you know, really with the music of Vagabonds, I couldn't see you creating that in a group setting. I mean, it's quite personal and I get, maybe it's more accurate to describe it as being intimate. Oh yeah. I've played in bands since I was 13. This is the first one I've ever been the person that sings. It definitely would be weird to like write lyrics with other people. And even when I was playing with other people, I, I would kind of just mumble. And then I would sing it live, but I would only like really mumble it in practice or like kind of step back from the mic and sing it. So people didn't really know what I was saying. You weren't embarrassed by your singing, were you? No, no, I, it wasn't that. It was just some things were so personal, and I there's specific avenues that I like to express them in, like in a live show, um, and just like being in a room with like a couple other people is almost sometimes too personal, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're kind of in the process of writing it. You know, you're forming what you want to say. Um, it's kind of like the therapy section of uh, of all the process. I've grown too good at hiding I live my life beneath these bedroom lights I always feel like I'm missing out And I'm never as happy as I was with you And I hate that I long for these things that could never come true 
Vagabonds with Deja Vu, I Am Still Afraid. Well, I want to bring up one of those personal songs. You did it on the split release that Vagabonds did with Spider Mansion. And I think I've guessed the background story of two weeks, but maybe you could fill us in. Yeah, I guess I try to leave a little bit of ambiguity um, behind my writing. But yeah, that's a song about uh, my biological father and all the rejection that I had to go through uh, while growing up and trying to reach out and him continually not really wanting to have anything to do with me. Uh, And then kind of working through that anger and that bitterness attached to that. And then uh, ultimately choosing forgiveness and choosing to let go of that bitterness. And this is something that comes up in much of your music. It just seems to be Mm -hmm. issues that you're working through. Oh yeah, it's uh, 
that's the sole reason for my writing. I don't really write anything unless there's a purpose or something I need to get out of it for myself, really. Every now and again, I'll write just a, a little song just for fun and with some goofy lyrics and never put it out. But um, I think there's something really special to, to going through something and then uh, being able to talk about it with other people. It, it almost seems weird if I go through different things and then I just keep it all to myself. Like maybe I work through it, but then I just kind of keep it to myself. Uh, I think there's a really cool element of solidarity to playing honest music like you can be in a room with a bunch of other people that uh have gone through maybe not the same thing but something similar and can resonate with it and uh i like that about it for sure it's it's a lot more rewarding and fulfilling and not to downplay like the value of pop music or anything like that i like pop music too and i like happy-go-lucky stuff but there's a place for everybody in this musical world and mine just tends to be a more uh serious autobiographical and uh cathartic thing for me well how serious can it be because i laughed when i saw your music genre being labeled as bedroom pop punk did that description actually come from you (laughs) well okay so i mean there's a lot of people that that call it like bedroom punk you know um bedroom pop or bedroom punk mine airs a little bit on the side of, of of the punk stuff um that's really just lending itself to the nature of how uh the songs were recorded, which is primarily just in my bedroom or uh, or wherever I can find. It's I'm kind of saying that it's it's lo-fi. There's no studio production behind it. It's just me in my bedroom making songs. That's kind of where the the bedroom punk title comes from. So you really are the ultimate of DIY. You could say that. I mean, now I am on a label, so there's a little bit less of that aspect, but. Uh, In most cases, yeah, I I really do like being DIY. I hope I never make you proud. You were silent, I reached out. I'll never give you another chance to let me down. Let me go. 
even though the lyric style of Two Weeks is much the same as Vagabond's new release, musically it carries a richer and fuller style. We're going to carry on with our conversation with Luke about some of his past music. I want to get into a single that you released last year called Your Life Is Not A Movie. Sure. The song got my attention by speaking of being unable to accept God's grace. I mean, that's a common thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. How does someone change that view for themselves? That's a hard question. Um, It's not one that I really feel like I can make a blanket statement on. Hmm. I mean, there's something to, some people might say, working through your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, I think it's really personal. Almost too personally to say, like, this is the A and the B to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You really have to be honest with yourself and where, say, not being able to accept grace is coming from. And for me, it's, you know, sometimes being able to address, like, it's attached to a certain hurt um, or arrogance. Um, And not to say that everybody who struggles with that is arrogant, but sometimes in my case it has been. I don't know. I would say just through prayer, really praying, being honest with yourself, being honest with uh, the people you confide in and uh, really just trying to work it out in conversation with God or in conversation with others. Um, But yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a formula to it or if there is, I don't know it. (laughs) Um, That same song, Your Life Is Not A Movie, has you giving your age away, telling the listener that you're about to turn 20. Do you think that age has any relevance in your songwriting? I would say kind of, sometimes unfortunately, yes. Um, Yeah, it does. It definitely does. I think I write things that are generally things that people my age go through. I hope that it... uh, it's relatable for a broader audience, but that's, you know, most of the people I see connecting with it uh, are my age. Um, I think a lot of the times because of the subject matter, age has an effect on the way I feel, which thereby has an effect on the way that I write. Um, I think I, for a long time, put really stupid, very meaningless limits on myself of like, I have to have this certain thing done. I have to have this thing accomplished by the time I'm this age because, you know, my other friends there. It's just a comparison thing. And I kind of locked myself into this view of, like, if I don't have whatever done by a certain age, then I haven't, you know, fulfilled my goal, which is, you know, there's merit in having goals, but I was just way too caught up in oh man, I only have a little bit more time to do this. You know, I've got to fit like all the stuff in. I have to accomplish all these things by, you know, I'm 20 or 23 or whatever. You're just trying to map out and schedule your whole life. Yeah, in a way, definitely. Like, I don't know. I just see like what bands are popular and oh, what age they are. Oh, does this mean like if I hit the age and I'm not there, did I miss the boat on having a chance to make something out of what I do. And then I realized that a lot of the people I listen to are almost double my age sometimes. And there's no real limit on, you know, your artistic potential that's defined by your age. It was just some sort of weird perfectionistic thing that I had in my head for a long time. And strangely enough, like a lot of my peers 
Udu music have the same type of mentality with that. I don't know where we all got it, but uh, there's definitely a lot of my friends that feel the same way. Well, I'm one month from my birthday, and I'm not wet, I'm not who I hoped I'd be. I'm becoming obsolete, and I've been trying so hard to stay 19. Because I cannot live up to the standards they'll set for me And I know that they won't take me seriously Well this year I felt more alive than in my whole life But my rejection leave its mark on me And at the core of everything I'm still incomplete You see it's like Christ died for you I reject this Honestly, I felt it once, but now I don't, and I'm sorry. I'm not the light. I wish I could see. And I've got dirty clothes that I watch I rinse repeat. But they still won't come clean. They still won't come clean. And I've got blood, and I've got spit. here you are you're 20 yeah 21 now okay so now you're 21 you know you've been able to sign to a record label blood and ink you have your first full length out yeah and really that would be considered a success it's the musician's dream yeah for sure yeah i think i always have like the next thing planned after that you know or in my head of like what I want the next step to be. So it's kind of a never ending ladder and I'm trying to figure out how to be content with where I'm at and with what I have and uh, really more at peace with my place now and what my place will be, whether or not it's uh, more relevant or less relevant or if I'm doing music at all, just trying to figure out how to stay content. Um, But yeah, with that said, there are definitely a lot of exciting things that happen in them. I'm super grateful for where I'm at and the people that have helped me get here, for sure. That kind of success that you're finding as an artist, it seems to be at odds with the struggles that you share on that new release, on I don't know what to do now. Isn't that almost paradoxical? Oh, man. I mean, it's definitely an interesting thing. I think there's the level of self-doubt that just kind of comes naturally with being someone that cares about your work and then sometimes that self-doubt however sometimes might 
be unhealthy kind of helps you refine your art and then kind of in the end can uh can help you get somewhere um i would say i definitely don't doubt myself as much as i used to or or when i was making the record or writing the record i wrote it like when i was 18 to 20 i'm more confident person now or i think i know my place a little bit more than i did as a teenager um I would say all, all the struggles are still pretty similar, though, or uh, almost in some ways I don't think they really relate to my musical, quote-unquote, career. Um, they're, they're mostly friendship or family or mental issues that I, you know, say I, I made it to, like, Billboard or, like, got, like, to be, like, a huge artist or something, you know, which wouldn't happen for someone that sounds the way I sound, but let's say that did happen. <laughs> I think, you know, that wouldn't rule out any of the the problems or struggles that I have, you know, in my personal life. I think there there's a little bit of a disconnect and there's definitely overlap because it is a big part of my life, but I think they would still be there. I don't think they, uh, they really depend on one another at all.
issues found in the song Thanks Anyways comes up on this next part of our talk with Luke. I have to be honest with you about I don't know what to do now. Sure. It's depressing. <laughs> oh boy. Have you have, have you listened to the entirety of it? I or, have. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it. I would not necessarily disagree. But yeah, go ahead. What kind of a mindset were you in, I guess, between 18 and 20 when you were writing the album? Um, it really kind of changed by the month even. Not to say that I'm an extremely fickle person. I'm pretty externally consistent. Um, but I definitely... Uh, I mean, d- depression is like a real part of my life and it's something that... You know, if, if you've been depressed or if anybody who's listening to this has been depressed, it's kind of something that's almost always at the back of your mind kind of tugging at you. Uh, so it was kind of throughout the different degrees of that. Um, man, I don't know, feeling like I was left behind by friend groups or, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, relationship side of things, which which isn't touched on much, which isn't a huge part of it, but you know that's a part of growing up and the potentials there and the, the what ifs and uh, sometimes feeling left behind when things don't work out. Um, and then there's just uh, a lot of self-deprecation that I had to work through. Really, the, the record is the process of me working through it. It's uh, it's really a personal journal, I would say. Um, or it's uh, it's like walking into uh, a therapy session and uh, maybe you lay down, you know, and uh, and you're talking through all these things, and it's probably not very positive. You're probably just kind of letting everything bleed that uh, is negative and and brought you to that place. And uh, I can't really afford a therapist, so I write about things, and I always have since I was in. Uh, elementary or middle school just always written poems and songs and it's always been my way to purge or work through or organize the thoughts in my head and not to say that I was consistently like super suicidal or or any you know it's not like every thought became all-consuming but thoughts were there uh and I needed to do something with them so that they wouldn't go to the worst places so I wrote about them and that's how I work through it. And so when I play live, a lot of the time I'll talk about that, about how, uh, you know, maybe we're all yelling something together that's uh, maybe self-deprecating by nature, but I kind of scream it out as a victory song that I'm not there anymore or that, that I won't be someday. Or at the very least that I can yell honestly about where I was at and I can acknowledge what was going on inside of me. Um, 18 to 20 is such a formative time between moving and touring and uh, cycling through friendships and being let down and letting others down. There's a whole lot that can happen in those years. And uh, this was really just a a fragment of what happened in those years. I wrote tons and tons and tons of songs that didn't really make sense on the album together that maybe I'll put on a different album. But these were the ones that I felt were relatively similar in subject matter and work towards something. I think there is progression throughout the album. And I think that's the really important thing about it. Um, it's not a singles album. It's not a, a hits album or anything. It's something you should listen through 
and, and you get somewhere with it. No, absolutely. But I do know that the one song, Paralysis, I mean, which really deals with depression, is that still with you now? Hmm. Um, not in the same way. It, uh, not in the same way at all, really. Um, there's always, if you are a person more prone to depression as I am, uh, sometimes it'll just try and knock at your door for a long time. So I'd say maybe these days it tries to knock at my door and it tries to come in. But I have figured out the things I need to do and the steps I need to take to not let it in. I, I guess I'll kind of leave it there. Sure. Bottomed out on the first day of the second week of this year. In the kitchen in my house with my mom, and it ended with tears. And I'm not proud of the person that I am. I don't believe in anything quite like I did before. And the universe doesn't know the reasons why I stay paralyzed. Like I don't understand the reasons for the things that happen inside my mind. And I've been getting now I know that I'll disintegrate with time and skip in church because they shouldn't have to bear this heavy burden of mine. Hey, this is Luke Dean of Vagabonds, and you've got the antidote. It also has me wondering how you handle being out on the road doing shows and meeting people. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a very introverted person. I kind of taught myself to be extroverted because you kind of need to, or at least I felt like I needed to um, learn to be more social and learn to, you know, communicate with way more people than I ever thought I would be. Um, yeah, the road can definitely take a toll on your mental state. Definitely. It's something you have to figure out if you're going to be out for over two weeks and I just did like two months you really need to know how you function and you need to know what you need to do to stay mentally and physically healthy you know when I started touring when I was 18 I didn't really know all those things I would spend a lot of time just kind of being sad on tour which kind of sucked and just like maybe like going off on walks or I would just kind of like stare out into the distance and like question everything and like feel full of doubt now I uh I know how to handle myself a lot better on tour and a lot of it comes down to really basic physical choices like eating real meals I didn't used to really eat much on tour I was really, really poor and I just wouldn't really eat much. I kind of would eat like whatever crackers uh, or like a clementine that was laying around the van. You know, it's definitely like fed, like maybe a meal along the way, but sometimes that would be like the only thing I would really eat substantially that day. And I would just kind of be okay with roughing it because I believed in what I did or I wanted this adventure. And I would just kind of do that and be okay with that and I wouldn't really exercise a lot I would spend more time you know like seeing things or you know doing whatever but I've realized that like if you're gonna be on tour if you're someone that tends to get lost in your head I learned for myself as one of those people uh I have to stay physically active like I have to get up and run or I have to find a skate park and go skate I have to get out I have to be moving otherwise I'm going to be sitting in a van all day you know there aren't going to be any endorphins released I'm just going to be sitting there gaining weight and not being active and getting lost inside my head uh, or like learning to eat a more nutritious diet Mm -hmm. on this past tour I spent a ton on food (laughs) and I would make sure that I got real meals every single day of tour even if it cut into you know money I was trying to set aside even if that was the case I needed that so that I wouldn't get physically sick and uh so that I just wouldn't be fatigued which feeds into your mental state like if you're not doing super well physically your your mental state deteriorates so being on tour I had to really learn how to stay healthy physically which really has helped with staying healthy mentally and just like things like posting up at a coffee shop journaling maybe not hanging out with everyone late at night figuring out what you need going for a walk instead praying reading my bible doing things that uh benefit me spiritually that help me stay grounded i guess that's kind of how i i survive on the road you found hope everything I didn't But I thank God you did Cause you're still here And I'll tell you all the cliches Like you're loved, you have the purpose But I mean it Care about people 
course, you know, we helpfully care for them, but we should also include ourselves as another person. You know, like we're not any better or any worse, but we're definitely we need to care for ourselves, and it's not selfish. It's for a lot of suicidal people, choosing to live is a really brave decision to make. Because you're essentially saying, like, even though all these terrible things have happened, even though I'm in excruciating pain right now, I will still wager on very little basis that the next few months will get better, even though it's not this bad. Talking shit for 20 minutes No, I wouldn't change it After days spent doing nothing Watching TV, hardly talking No, I wouldn't change it No, I wouldn't change it time on the road does that actually make you a legitimate vagabond <laughs> yeah i think the name tagana greater meaning than i had really initially thought it ever would but uh yeah i would say so i'd say that that fits the the description i spoke earlier about the album being depressing but you mm-hmm. brought a brighter tone out on the final track teeth yeah. Were you specifically looking for a positive ending to I Don't Know What to Do Now? Kind of. I didn't write that song for that spot on the album. I wrote it on a whim, really, uh, just because I kind of was feeling it inside of my spirit. And uh, it, it just felt like the perfect way to end everything. It felt like there's so many questions on the album and there's so many moments of doubt if I can just give one song that says, in the midst of this, I still believe this, then I wanted that part on there. I think it's important. I think otherwise it's just a bummy album. And I'm, you know, maybe saying some things in the process. And there's some really cool parts. I think uh, my friend James talks on it. We had a conversation that we recorded and I spliced those into some of the tracks. I think some of those parts are really uplifting and, uh, makes it very interesting hearing that yeah i hope so um i put those parts in there to kind of shed some insight on you know i don't write songs when i'm happy really i write them when i'm bummed out but maybe i can add something to share how i really feel you know with the extra things with like sound clips and things like that uh along the way that, that add more hope you know i think there are songs like old friends wherever you are, I think that song is very hopeful 
Um, and I think there's like parts of uh, even the second real song, the third track, Deja Vu. While the song's like pretty self-deprecating, the uh, the sound clips at the end from my friend James, I think, are really hopeful. And uh, that's kind of why I put those in there. You've only just released I Don't Know What To Do Now, but you've talked a bit about how you've been changing. So yeah. I wonder if the next Vagabonds album will be called Now I've Got It All Together. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's an album that I'll ever make. Uh, to be honest, I think, I think I'll always use uh, this project to shed light on the struggle. But uh, I do have a lot of the new album written or what could be a new album written. And it is different. The subject matter is, uh, it's not the same album. It's not the same album at all. It might sound a little bit similar, but uh, the subject matter is, is definitely different. It deals with a lot of different things. I think uh, trying to step outside of just me or just, you know, blanket depression. It's just going to shed a different light on the world of Luke Dean. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a, a different side of my life. Um, and even like I said, while I wrote I Don't Know What To Do Now, I wasn't writing specifically for an album. I was just writing songs. And there were a lot of other songs that didn't make the cut. There were great songs that just didn't make sense on this album specifically that uh, you might hear from the same time frame that I wrote that, but just different thoughts going on in my head. Luke, thanks for bringing Vagabonds to the antidote, man. I really appreciate our talk. Dude, yeah, this was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, his blood runs in my veins. Oh, sweet salvation I cannot attain. By my own hands I dragged through filth unmade unclean. Now with the violence you'll break my chains. My soul it quivers, my bones shake. I stand in awe, I kneel in tears of my soul's weight. I was a thorn in your crown, I was a blade in your side, I made you bleed, but sweet salvation I'll still claim, my daddy's paid and my love, my love, I'm not ashamed. Now I won't dwell on that sadness forever Refuse to bathe myself in the mire Of self-sympathy and my body's desires With frozen hands raised my flesh expires And it's a blood so hallelujah He bears his teeth, I'll bear his name Death beats death, the purest fire is in my brain Last, I'm glad I found you here at the end of all things. Peace at last, I'm glad just to know your name. I know your name. Church that you had to be good, you had to work your way to heaven and all that kind of stuff. 
so I always thought I had to be good, and I knew that I would never be good enough to go to heaven. I knew right then that I was done for, because I could never be perfect. I went forward in church and prayed whatever, and it never made a difference. That we was just like a soul accommodating. I find the song Teeth gives an uplifting end to the full length. I don't know what to do now. This album has made me really curious to see what will come next from Luke Dean and Vagabonds. Last month, I made my annual drive down to Illinois for the Audio Feed Music Festival. It's the only festival that I head to because of the big range of artists who play there. But even more than the music, it's the community of Christians I meet there and the conversations that we have that make me willing to do the uh, 12-hour drive. I'm going to bring music from many of the artists I saw at the festival, and that will come up during the next two weeks. Be sure to join the antidote for these shows, and there will be some music surprises and conversations. But now it's time to finish up this episode. Vagabonds returns with Escape Roots off their split EP, and I'll see you again next week. My friends all want to die, and sometimes, well sometimes so do I. We'll stick together, but we're so alone, we're so alone.
take you 